Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Thursday night football has begun, and it looks like it's already in the books at halftime. 35-3 Broncos. Two stats of the day to get to get us started. Emmanuel Sanders, 28 passing yards, one touchdown, three receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown. Royce Freeman has a touchdown. Jake, how do you feel about those numbers tonight? Did you really have to bring up the two guys <laughs> you started against me in our league of record? You know, I just bring up I, the two guys. I had to start my heart. the podcast off with a bang. I'm playing Jake this week in his league, and it is off to a great start for me, up 29 to nothing so far. Jake, the your dismal 2019 or 2018 season is continuing i'm sorry i'm not really sorry Uh, but the light is just getting darker and darker there is no light at the end of the tunnel right now speaking it's just getting worse and worse (laughs) speaking well you know you've done really well in daily leagues right yeah yeah i've won a pretty good chunk of change in daily leagues this year so far that's my bright spot in fantasy football this year bad times in fantasy football you have a story to share with us to open the podcast tonight don't you or something of that effect or you that's the way yeah i guess something of that effect Uh, i don't know if everybody's seen uh matthew barry's rant about his one point loss on monday night football last week and i'm sure some of you have a story just like it with this player that alfred morris everybody thought he was kind of a hot start last week because brita probably wasn't gonna play and then he ended up playing. Yep. And then after Morse was still supposed to be the starter. And then they throw in this guy named Mostart. Might as well call him Mozart. And <laughs> Yeah, and he came Alfred out Brita, of nowhere. Alfred Buda gets one snap, gets eight yards and a first down, and they call back for holding. So it's like he never played in the game. And Matthew Barry of ESPN needed one point to win in his league. And it's a point for a first down league. And he didn't get it. And just went on an all-time rant about how he lost Wait. the fantasy football matchup, and all he needed was one point. Was that at the end of the game? It was no. It was in like the third quarter that oh, happened. And that's the he, last he, time that he played. That's he only got one carry the whole game, and that was it. Oh my gosh! I didn't even realize that he only had one carry. That's that's crazy. It, it was and heartbreaking nobody understood at the same it. time. And that's why that's why fantasy football is such a roller coaster. It is just ups and downs. It and, is. You know, I've had plenty almost, of Monday night football heartbreaks. I've had so many. And also, you know, he was talking about it and saying, you know, when you lose, you're just in this deep depression. You just slouch down your couch, just looking at the screen, Monday night football. But when you win, sometimes you're so deep into it. And I know me and Swan, me and you were like this. You just almost feel like a sense of relief rather than a sense of victory when you get a win sometimes because you just care so much about fantasy football. Oh, 100%. Do you get that feeling? Just yeah, a sense of relief, like, like <sighs> got that one. Yeah. I mean, I wake up Tuesday and I feel like a new man when I won on, you know, my fantasy leagues for the week. Like nothing else really matters, you know? Yep. No doubt. That. I mean, this is this is our passion. This is our, you know, for 16 weeks, we just really, really get into this and just really, it's just the ups and downs and the depressions and the highs and the lows. It's just, yeah, your just mood unbelievable. Can take, your mood can really take a total 180 spin. Like it really can. Yeah, it can. So, yeah. um, 
you know, so we're going to get back into now you're fine. We are we'll give our listeners a preview of what's going on tonight. We're going to do like we did a couple weeks ago, whatever we want to call it, spin zone, spin cycle, quick 20 minute express podcast, whatever you want to call the thing. And we're just going to run through a bunch of quick questions and doors, start sets, season long, this player, this player, right, Jake? Uh, just kind of a rundown of a bunch of random things. Yeah, more so rather than test of test minor Pat's knowledge that you normally do. We're kind of going to spin zone it on yourself and uh, test the leader's knowledge because really, out of all of us, you may do the most research and have the most knowledge. So we want to ask you some questions and get your thoughts on some players um, for this week and the rest of the season. Yeah, I love it. And I thought it went really well a couple weeks ago. So let's get into it. All righty. So we're going to do some rest of season questions this week. Kind of get Swan's feel on who he likes going forward and what kind of their trade value would be in some situations. So, Swan, we're going to start off with the QBs. Would you go Jameis Winston or Matthew Stafford rest of season? Yeah, and I think to start this off, this is close. Um, Both these quarterbacks, I think if you're just looking in a vacuum, uh, just at at talent and opportunity, obviously, they're both quarterbacks that are high-volume passing offenses. I think this comes down ultimately to schedules and Jake you put this in your footnotes you know look at the schedules well that's that was a perfect uh perfect thing to say because when you take a look at the schedules and I'll tell you about them exactly how it's going to unfold for Winston and Stafford the biggest thing look so if you look at the next three or four games uh the Bucks have the Browns at home then at Cincy then at Carolina Matt Stafford they're on a bye or they were just on a bye um they go to Miami Seattle at Minnesota at Chicago so not good in the short you know, the short-term future for the Lions. It doesn't look that great for them. But here's the kicker. If you look at Jameis Winston's last five games, he gets the Niners. He's got three straight home games against the Niners, the Panthers, and the Saints, which is great, okay? All three of those games could be blow-up games for the Bucs. And then they go to Baltimore in Week 15. Not great. Uh, And then to Dallas. But I I don't think Dallas is a great defense either. So I think four of those five games are – are, are fairly favorable favorable matchups for Jameis Winston. So I think it boils down to that playoff schedule. That's why I'm going to take Winston over Stafford rest of season. Okay. Getting into the running back position, talking about a newcomer coming on the scene, Sony Michelle. Now here's a question that I think I know your answer to, Swan, but I want to get your feel on a maybe trade value. First of all, would you take Sony Michelle or Christian McCaffrey rest of season? And then what would the trade value be for both of these guys? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you're if you're just looking at these two players head-to-head rest of season, in a full-point PPR league, I'm certainly taking McCaffrey because of the opportunity out of the backfield in the passing game. Currently, McCaffrey is fifth in the league among running backs with 40 targets. He has eight per game, which is actually, eight per game is actually fourth among running backs and targets. Um, now, I know Sony Michelle has had at least 98 yards in his last three games, which is great. He's really coming on. I don't think Sony Michelle is an elite runner. Uh, they've had opened up some nice holes for him, that Pat's offensive line, and I thought he's looked pretty good. I don't think he's an elite runner. I think McCaffrey is an elite athlete in this league, and I think just it boils down to the fact that McCaffrey's still going to give you 12 to 18 carries a game, and he's also going to give you that production out of the backfield catching the football like I just mentioned. So It boils down to, yes, both running backs, Michelle and McCaffrey, are going to have around the same amount of carries, 
But if you look at the the opportunity, catching the football, six, seven, eight targets a game for McCaffrey, that's where he wins out. So McCaffrey is definitely the player for me that I'm going to take in a full point PPR. Now, if you are somebody that plays in a non-PPR league, I think I would actually lean Michelle here because I think he gives you a little bit more on the ground. And He's going to score I, touchdowns in that yeah, offense. Yeah, and I think that Patriots offensive line is better than the Panthers offensive line, and he's going to score touchdowns, correct? So I would take Michelle in a non-PPR. I'm still taking McCaffrey in a half-point PPR, and I'll take McCaffrey in a full-point PPR as well. Okay, so would it be a smart idea now um, in a PPR league to trade? If you have Sony Michelle, he's getting hot. Obviously, you would offer the trade Sony Michelle for Christian McCaffrey then. Uh oh yeah 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 if I could t- if I could find somebody that wants to take uh, is really like in love with Sony Michelle right now and would be willing to give me Christian McCaffrey I would absolutely take that trade. What about Sony Michelle or Joe Mixon rest of season? Joe Mixon, but that is even closer than that. That's cu- that's closer, much closer across all three formats. Whether you're looking at PPR, non PPR, half point. Um, but I just love the way Joe Mixon's looked. I think he's a more talented runner, so I'll take him. And I think the workload, I actually think that Mixon gets more of a workload. Like, I think that Mixon gives you more consistency in that 19 to 21, 22 carry range where I think Sony Michelle is stuck around three or four carries less per game than Mixon. Having, having a Patriots back always scares you no matter what because you don't know – they could drop a pencil in a meeting, and Belichick goes, "You're benched the rest of the year." You yeah. just don't know what's going to happen with the Patriots back sometimes. So, yeah, I agree with you that I would take Mixon also. And, and plus, the fact that much like McCaffrey, Mixon gives you value in the passing game. I know Gio Bernard's there, and he's hurt right now. But even when Gio Bernard is healthy, I think he's going to fall back into just a change of pace role. And I think they're still going to throw Mixon the ball four or five times a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I would. It's close, but I would take Mixon over Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Alex Collins or Carry On Johnson rest of season? This, this is a good question for a lot of people because bye week's coming up. You might have to drop one of them. Who would you keep rest of season, I guess, would be the real question. On your notes, this was the one I struggled with the most. Uh, no question. I'm going. I actually changed my answer. I started with Carry On Johnson. I'm going to take Alex Collins, and I'll tell you why. My initial thought was carrying on Johnson probably to this point in the season has had many more targets, maybe double the amount of targets that Alex Collins has had. That's not the case. Uh, Alex Collins only trails carrying on Johnson by four receptions, 13 to nine. Um, now, and I'm also still concerned about Carrion's workload as a runner out of the backfield because of LeGarrette Blunt's present. If he stays healthy, I think Matt Patricia is going to keep the philosophy that he's had up to this point in the season. I don't see a reason. Well, I see a reason why he should change it because Carrion Johnson's a much better running back. But I don't see him changing that. He kind of has that philosophy of Bill Belichick, wouldn't you agree? That you know they're yeah. going to just keep they're going to keep letting Legarrette Blunt run the ball 12, 13 times a game. So yeah, I'm not sure what Legarrette Blunt has over the mob of Patriot coaches. But he is just always, I don't know, I've just, the last couple years, I just don't think he's that good, and he just keeps getting carries. He's been very bad this year so far. He's salvaged, you know, kind of uh, taken away a couple touchdowns close to the goal line. But other than that, Karrion Johnson has been the much more talented running back. 
and I wish he would get more of a workload, but it scares me. So that's why I'm going to take Alex Collins the rest of the year. Now, if you were to ask me, Jake, this week alone, if Theo Riddick doesn't play with that knee injury, which he's missed two practices in a row this week, then I would start carrying on at Miami over Collins. Uh, Baltimore plays uh, New Orleans at home. So I would actually take carry on at Miami over Collins this week. Okay. Next, on to wide receivers. Is Tyler Boyd the real deal, and would you take Jarvis Landry or Tyler Boyd rest of season? Who thought we'd be asking this question? Yeah, I was just time? I was just gonna say Jarvis that. Landry Isn't it crazy? Or Tyler freaking Boyd. It's crazy to think about. You know what? I'm actually gonna say yes. I think that Tyler Boyd is the real deal. Now he's not. How, what do you mean when you say real deal? Wide I think is two. is the question. Right. Exactly. That's kind of what I I figured you meant. Yes, exactly. He is a real deal as a low-end wide receiver two, a very high-end wide receiver three. Um, he's going to continue to get opportunity, I think, in that offense. And look, they've had injuries across the board, whether it be Gio Bernard, whether it be Tyler Reifert, whether it be John Ross. They have a lot of guys that are getting banged up, and it doesn't seem to matter. Tyler Boyd continues to have a presence in that offense. I don't see that changing much. Um you know, I, I think the biggest thing to consider here with Tyler Boyd is he's not even somebody that we were drafting. Like, even as a late-round flyer, we were still looking at the John Jacksonville. Ross was, John Ross was ahead of Tyler Boyd. Right. We were looking at even the Jacksonville receivers over him. Um, Ryan Grant um, was somebody I was high on. I, we, we weren't even on the path, the trail of Tyler Boyd at the beginning of the season because we hadn't seen anything the first couple years of his career. So... To answer your second question, I'm still going to take Jarvis Landry. I know he hasn't been extremely efficient yet with Baker Mayfield behind center, He's but he has seen double-digit targets in every game except one to this point. So the, those four target, or those four receptions on 10 targets, five receptions on 11 targets that he's had, um, I think that changes a little bit. The more comfortable Baker gets in the offense and the more that they kind of get on the same page, you got to remember that he's only started a few games now in his career, so... Um, yeah, t- give, give me Jarvis Landry over Tyler Boyd rest of season. Okay, so just to review, you've had Jameis Winston over Stafford rest of season, Christian McCaffrey over Sony Michelle rest of season, but in non-PPR Sony Michelle, you would take Alex Col- Alex Collins over Carrion Johnson and Jarvis Landry over Tyler Boyd rest of season. And Landry, what, a high-end wide receiver too? Um, yeah, in a PPR league, absolutely. Every week start, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and if you're in a, if you're the, the person who's in a non-PPR or half point, I, I think you definitely, he's somebody that takes a hit, but, um, yeah, I, you know, definitely a high end RB or wide receiver too in a PPR league. Okay. Uh, following up on your episode from yesterday, you and Pat's episode, you talked a lot about Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald. Would you drop Larry Fitzgerald for Christian Kirk at this moment? So also, I wrote, breaking news. We're doing this podcast during the Thursday night football game, and Larry Fitzgerald just scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh, man, Jake. To break your heart even more, man. I wish I could say I'm just, sorry, but I'm not. I, I benched him for Trust Chester Rogers and Taylor Gabriel this week. Thought that was a good move. It still might be. But as of right now, I'd probably take the 10 points from Larry Fitzgerald over either of those two. Well, he's been hard to trust at this point. He's been he's been hurt. He's not he's startable. Been, I'm not. Been, I'm not no, no. He's been dealing he's with injuries. Not. 
he's not startable. But to answer your question, would I drop Larry Fitzgerald for Christian Kirk? I wrote two letters N O, uh, and that's all I wrote <laughs> because um, I, I, I'm still not prepared to do that. To be honest with you, um, I, I you know I, I I just have serious qualms about rookie wide receivers consistency over a course of a season unless you're looking at 2014 when Mike Evans and Odell Beckham did it like you don't like it just doesn't happen just rookie uh, or rookie wide receivers end up falling off or yeah, are well, very they, yeah they're just they're very inconsistent and I'm gonna I, I know Larry Fitzgerald's what 35 years old or something and yeah he's been banged up but I'm still gonna take the veteran here okay okay now I want to rank some tight end tiers with you Swan this is what a lot of people have questions about whether they're Mostly, I guess, for making trades or a drop ad type of thing because they picked them up off the waiver wire during a buy or something. But first, I want to cover the top tier tight ends. Kelsey, Gronk, and Ertz. Rank them right now. If Alex Collins and Ann Johnson question was the hardest, this was, if that's 1A, this was 1B. Um, this is tough. You know, I mean, you know, obviously this, this kind of, plays more into daily fantasy because I think if you the way the tight end landscape has been to this point if you have Kelsey Gronk or Ertz you're not letting go of them I know Gronk has not been great to this point um I still feel like he's going to turn it around if you asked me from this point on I'm still going to take Rob Gronkowski number one I'm going to take Zach Ertz two and Travis Kelsey three Okay, Ertz over Kelsey due to the fact that Wentz just is in love with Zach Ertz. He is in love with him, and you know the guy is catching touchdowns. He's 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 just getting targeted like a monster out there, and I don't see that changing. Like if you watch the Eagles play, there's nothing that indicates that this is just a one and a half year trend for for Zach Ertz. This is a real thing, and that relationship between him and Wentz is a real thing. So. You can be pretty confident that Zach Ertz is going to finish as a top three tight end, and um, I'm very tempted to make him my number one tight end. I'm in love with him that much. Okay. I also wanted to hit on the, I would call them tier two tight ends. Um, what would you rank George Kittle, um, David Njoku, and Jordan Reed? If you These have, are... This is more of a drop ad question, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody dropped him during the buy or in a trade situation, how would you rank Kittle, Najoku, and Jordan Reed? Yeah, um, this is a tough one as well, but I'm still going to rank Jordan Reed number one there because of the upside. I know there hasn't been a great connection between him and Alex Smith to this point, but I do think that's going to change once Alex Smith gets more comfortable in Jay Gruden's offense. I don't think that's a good football team by any means, but I do think that eventually... Alex Smith is going to get on target with Jordan Reed because we've we've seen in the year in years past how much Alex Smith leans on tight ends in Andy Reed's offense. I don't see a reason why that would change um even this year with Washington. So so yeah, I would go Reed 1 and then I'll still go I'll, I'll go Najoku 2, Najoku 2 um and then Kittle 3 because I I've seen the target shares the last few weeks uh since Baker Mayfield's been in there. He, Finally caught a touchdown last week. I think the sky's the limit for David Njoku. Um, he actually might have the the most upside of these guys. It's very close yeah, between him and fair. Reed. But I'll go Reed Njoku Kittle. I feel like Jordan Reed's got to explode soon soon enough here. The targets have been have, there. Yeah. I have him in a few leagues, and I'm just waiting for him to have that 20-point week, and it just ain't happening. 
Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to oh, cut yep. you off there. Nope, we're good. I wanted to talk about the tight ends there. Now I wanted to cover something a little different. I wanted to ask you, there's a big, big dance coming this weekend. <laughs> I love it. Like, And you have this your choice like prom, of asking prom any prom style. You have your choice of asking any girl in the place, or in this case, any football player, and they have to say yes to you. <laughs> Who are you expecting to exceed their projected points this week who is the number one player to start in the daily fantasy or pick up in a league or who's a stud that's going to just go off this week so who is your who are you taking to the dance this week here's a guy who's huge so i'm probably gonna have to wear heels uh to even to even get up to this guy's level because if i want to slow dance with him i mean i can't be just you know you know, looking straight up to the sky at this guy. He is massive, six foot six, almost two hundred and seventy pounds. He played his college ball at the University of Arizona. He plays for the greatest dynasty, probably that's ever, you know, Ooh, been alive, that has to hurt. been around. The guy who, let me read you his numbers over last, oh, five games: two catches, fifteen yards; four catches, fifty-one yards; four catches, forty-four yards; six catches, seventy-five yards; three catches. 97 yards, and Jake, the man that I'm talking about, his name, the party animal of the NFL, the guy that everybody wants to go to Vegas with and hang out at, you know, the Lazy River with, Rob Gronkowski. I think that this is going to be a game at Chicago, eight catches, (laughs) seven catches, something like that, 90 yards, and I think he's going to find the end zone twice. The Chicago Bears have let up a touchdown to a tight end in the last four games, four straight games. I think this is going to be a Gronk game. Finally, he's going to get a little bit less attention than he has been, and uh, he's going to have a big game on Sunday. Well, you definitely picked the right guy for the after party. <laughs> yes. That's for sure. That, you know what? You that know. plays into it, man. That absolutely that, plays into the decision. It's a big factor. If they're going to yeah. be a good after party, if they're going to be a, you know, I can't just have a bump like, and a log. I can't have some wallflower, you know, hanging out with me after the dance. And, you know, what fun is that? I need somebody to have some flair, score me to some points, maybe shotgun a beer together. And I think Gronk's that guy. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. (laughs) I I think that's a great pick, and uh, we'll see how that turns out for you. Uh, Real quick, I want to – we're kind of wrapping up this episode here. We're trying to keep it Mm -hmm. quick. But I do want to ask you a little bit of rapid-fire question here. Try and answer this very quickly for me. Sure. And I know it could be a long answer, but would it be crazy to start Connor and Bell next week next to each other if you have them both in the same team? Yes. You would I want believe- to do that, or you? No, I think it's I think it's crazy. You start Bell. Yeah, I would, but I. Okay, I would so start okay, Bell because going I think- into that question, if you have like I don't know what Deion they're going to do, but right, if you have Dion Lewis, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack. Or um, Smith, would you start Connor over every one of them? Edo Smith. Edo Smith. Edo yeah. Smith. Um, over both of them. Like, are you no, saying would I Connor. start it over you Connor? You would start Bell. So now you have Dion Lewis, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, Edo Smith. Would you start Connor over them, or would you start and start Bell and Connor at once? I would or... start Connor over Dion Lewis and Naeem Hines. Okay. I would start Marlon Mack and Edo Smith over James Conner. Okay. 
And so if you're asking me to, if you're asking me to rank those guys, I would go Mac Smith, Connor, Dion Lewis, and then Naeem Hines. Oh, Dion Lewis is just an absolute dumpster fire. I know he sucks. is just that I, offense I still, sucks. Man. I'm still harboring him in a few leagues, but it's just it's, it's the offense. Man. It's the offense. Yeah. That's the it's issue. Mariota. Yeah, it's yeah. the offense as a whole. It's not good. The offensive line's not good either. Last who, who question. Lets up, this... Who lets up 11 sacks in a game? I mean, that's – sorry, oh. I know I'm getting off topic here, but no, that's just fine. wild to me. Oh, it was awful. It, it's No, it's worth talking about because Mary, the offensive line is terrible, and then Mariota just stands there. It's unbelievable, yeah. the combination mm-hmm. of awfulness. Yeah, it's, it yeah, was bad. Oh, it, it made me puke as a football fan watching that. Yep. Yeah, it sucked. And those, it really those, how about those 4 o'clock games? Those were awful this Sunday. Wow, yeah. were they bad. They were bad, Jake, but I have to say, man, I actually had some big fantasy outputs in those games. I had Todd Gurley in a couple leagues. I had Emmanuel Sanders in a league, oh, okay. in our league, who had a huge game. Um, so from that perspective, it worked out all right for me. But yes, from a just a football standpoint, they weren't great. Yeah, and last and final question to end my part of the podcast. I don't know if you have anything to add to this. I don't. We'll Would wrap you... it up right after this. Okay, let's wrap it up. This is the final question. Would you buy... Jordan Howard right now and if you would who would you trade for him oh good question um I would buy Jordan Howard if the if this the lowest you can buy him right now yeah if it were the right if it were the right price I would definitely buy Jordan Howard um if somebody were to offer me let's talk about somebody we talked we just talked about if somebody wanted to offer me um or I'm sorry if if I could offer up Tyler Boyd for Jordan Howard, I would definitely take that. You would trade Tyler Boyd away for Jordan Howard? Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. And and, and here's another one that's even lower. If you're in a league that, you know, I, in our league, Jake, in your league, or in a, a dynasty league, well, dynasty will throw that out the window because that's not really relevant. But if we were in your league, like I don't think I could trade Taylor Gabriel for Jordan Howard, but if I were in a league that I don't think is as competitive or and I can get away with that and people look at Taylor Gabriel's last two games, like that's a move yeah. that maybe you can make. That sounds crazy just me saying that and pe- people listen to this podcast are going to be like, really? Like somebody would take that? But if you're in a league where somebody just looks at, oh my gosh, like Taylor Gabriel just had 45 points in the last two games and Jordan Howard has not done anything in the snap count and the carries – percentages continue to decrease for Jordan Howard and more in the favor of Tariq Cohen, like you might be able to pull something like that off. Yeah. To the listeners, this is the time of year to get the trades going, trade the guys that are have a hot start that you think aren't going to continue it and trade for a guy like Jordan Howard. Maybe you think David Johnson's going to bounce back. Maybe you And that's think a situation. Ke- that's a perfect Keenan Allen is a great guy to go after right now. Yeah. Go after and- Keenan Allen. I think Jordan Howard's a good guy to buy low on if you're four and two, five and one, you know, six and zero, oh, and you yeah, just get wanna... as an RB two, yeah, yep. and just try to you wait out this bad RB2, spell. Or you can, if you can keep him on your bench, yeah, and just wait out this bad spell. All right, Swanee, that's all I have for you. Thanks for joining me again tonight. Um, good stuff, yeah. man. I love it. I like this this uh, thing, and I think I said last time we'd try to keep it going. So let's keep the momentum rolling yeah, on these. Once ones. a week, we'll keep rolling and. Have a good time, and I hope yeah. wish everybody luck this week in their matchups. Get a win out there. All right. Enjoy the blowout in the second half if you're even going to watch. I don't know if oh, I am God. or not. <laughs> LeBron, Lakers. All right, man. 1030. <laughs> All right. Jake, I will see you Saturday. 
I will see you Saturday for a party and then football Boy. all day Sunday. We'll be watching in person together on Sunday. That's right. First Boys time weekend. in a long time. All right, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the week seven action. Good luck to your fantasy teams. We'll talk to you next time on Pad the Stats. Have a good night. Bye-bye.